We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to a Tuesday night edition of the Rotowire hashtag After Dark Champions League show. My name is Jack Burkhart. You can find me on Twitter at Jack Burkhart. And I'm joined by Basil Nabby again. We're running it back. Basil, your debut went great. You gave the people Chiquese, who scored a goal right away. He might have even pumped his ownership up a little bit at 40%, but he was probably going to be a pretty good play anyways. Um, so I thought you did great yesterday. We're glad to have you back on again. Um, how did your Tuesday slate go? I know you weren't able to watch, but I guess you probably had time to take a look at the final results. Yeah, just did a, a bit of a review. I mean, looking at my po- point totals, I was happy, but ultimately it sounds like there's a lot of high scoring lineups out there. And if you didn't have Cancelo, then uh, you weren't a winner. So uh, I had zero exposure to Cancelo. So uh, not that great, but happy to see some of my other thoughts and predictions being positive, but uh, overall, not a good day since I did not win a King of the Pitch ticket. Yeah, well, I guess you're a mortal like the rest of us. You're not going to win every single time. Um, I thought the slate was a disaster while I was going through, but I had a lineup make the top 10. It wasn't a sweat at all because if you didn't have Cancelo, it was just over for you. So FSI's Tendril Storm, he's a regular. He takes down the ticket with a Barcelona heavy team. Not a spot we really looked at, Basil. I think I was telling you, like, I just preferred uh, Teo and and Takimi, but maybe that makes Cancelo a good play as a contrarian option. What do you think in hindsight? I still don't think so because of the price. I just think he he costs more. And um, although Cancelo was expected to get a lot of minutes, I think the other Barcelona options due to rotation were risky and, you know, splitting sets potentially. So there there wasn't enough players there that I liked. Um, But I guess if there was going to be one to play, that was the one to play because of minutes and potential goal scoring upside. Yeah, you know, it's not the first time we've seen Cancelo break the slate. So just looking at Storm's lineup, he's got, you know, four Barcelona pieces, even gets there with uh, the backup goalkeeper. You know, there weren't many clean sheets today, so goalkeeper wasn't a terrible factor on this slate whatsoever. Yeah, maybe Cancelo and maybe Rafinha I, I considered just in a couple tournament lineups, but I only played three lineups and I just ultimately didn't get there. But I mean, Cancelo at 3% scores 35 points. Sick play. I mean, you do it for that reason and... uh Sometimes you win because of it. So uh, shout out Storm for that. Um, Basil, I wanted to throw your lineups out here. Why don't you talk a little bit about how you approached the slate? I know you gave us a bit of a preview to what you were thinking. I noticed that Chiquese was in every single one of your lineups as that cheap salary relief at uh, 43%. 
And um, you also locked in Teo Hernandez. I noticed you locked in Rico Lewis. I have your best performing lineup, which had Mbappe, Foden, Ugrinic, Chiquese, Hernandez, Rico Lewis, your boy Jan Oblak. And I sold you on uh, Marshak Ilya. I'll claim credit for that, all $0 of the lineup. But why don't you tell us how you approached your five set for this King of the Pitch contest? Yeah, so I just decided that I like Teo more than um, Hakimi. So... I just opted for, and then when I saw Rico Lewis playing, you know, someone who doesn't get full 90s all the time and doesn't play all the time for Man City. So that was someone I was happy to play. Um, so I just decided to lock the two defenders in. And um, the rest, and Chuck Wazy, of course, for for Price. The rest was sort of, I, I had a list of players that I was somewhat interested in and looked for uh ways to have correlation there but i didn't want any other psg players so i was happy to play mbappe by himself and the salary just fit for the two young boys players so that was how they ended up in this lineup in particular very nice and then if i look at some others you got huang you threw in gunduan in one lineup right here i noticed you had erling holland as well seems like a simple pivot but what else did you do? I mean, let's take a look at the one that didn't quite perform so well. Yeah, oh, this is your Feyenoord stack. Go ahead. Yeah, I think Foden appeared in all of them. Um, I wasn't really sure, but it ended up working out. And then, um, yeah, Gundogan ended up in one. That was just a just-in-case because I wasn't really sure. You know, it was kind of a hedge there with the Rafinha situation. I just didn't really know. And, and it just happened to work salary-wise. So I, I knew I wanted no more than one lineup with Gundogan in. Mm -hmm. So uh, you just happened to fit there. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. But I mean, it looks like you were pretty dialed in on the best plays that you were talking about. You make sure that you fit in a Griezmann lineup that makes sense. You fit in Pulisic, a lot of Milan players. And I mean, I don't know what happened to AC Milan, Basil. It's not a team I watched too much. I knew you were in on them, but such a frustrating performance at home, capitulating 1-3 like that. Teo Hernandez doesn't even really get much of a floor. Just not something I really expected. I know he kind of doesn't have like, you know, a locked in 10 points, but I'm like, come on, give me seven or eight at least in this spot. Yeah, I mean, his his numbers are, are pretty consistent, I feel like. It, you know, I was expecting at least double that on points um, as a floor, but, you know, it just it just didn't work out this time. And uh, yeah, of course, the, the one Donnarumma lineup I threw in uh, was a loser. Newcastle does it again and <laughs> uh, does not lose, so... You know, it is what it is. But I had all, all black and all the other ones. I mean, I'm happy with that point output. So uh, that was the goalkeeper I was most confident in. Yeah, I needed Oblak to bail me out in cash. I needed a couple miracles based on how everything sorted out. But uh, you sold me on that spot, and he worked out to be a pretty good goalkeeper. So, you know, outsourcing my goalkeeper to you, Basil, I think that's going to be a, a pretty fine way to play moving forward. So, you know, we'll just, uh, you know, just hit me up every every day with the goalkeeper. Goalkeeper, goalkeeper du jour. Yeah, I got Ozzy in the chat. He's saying the Mbappe penalty was very tilting. I played Pope. Basil, you said you weren't watching, but it was a VAR penalty at like the 94th minute, and the ball went off of the defender's chest and then hit his elbow. And then after VAR review, the referee awarded the penalty. Just something that you don't really see in the Premier League. So all of the Mbappe donks, uh, raise hands, myself included, yep. got, a nice, uh, <laughs> got a nice bailout. So... I guess I can't complain too much about my misfortunes, but, um, you know, he was still pretty chalky. So that wasn't enough to save the day. But Ozzy, man, sorry to hear that. Sometimes we just can't get these goalkeepers right. Um, 
So, anyhow, any sorry, any last thoughts on how you approach the king of the pitch? Anything you would change, you think, based on what you notice? I mean, for someone like me that just plays primarily those where you can have multiple lineups, this was a scenario where I decided to not diversify on defender and got punished because I think if I had diversified there, my you know, I could have gotten pretty close. I think I definitely would have had at least one lineup with Cancelo. If you add those points in to one of these top four lineups I have, you're looking at 130 plus. So uh, I would have been in a good spot if I had done a little bit of rotation. Yeah, I mean, you know, maybe you can crank up Teo to Cancelo and then Rico Lewis, you play Garcia. I mean, Cancelo being the contrarian play, that lineup ships just about everything. But you know, in DFS, we're always 2v2s away from the winner, so <laughs> such is life. But, yeah, I mean, I get it. I sometimes just jam players. It just helps me conceptualize my lineups a little bit better. And when Rico and Teo lay an egg, well, there's always the Wednesday slate. And so exactly. here we are. I want to talk a little bit about cash. I haven't tweeted about it yet, so let me move the tab on over. A super frustrating day in cash games for me, Basil. So maybe you can... Maybe you can uh, give me your thoughts about how I approached it. I know cash isn't your primary thing, but I think you do a good job projecting these players. So I'd appreciate your opinion. So ultimately at forward, I was considering Mbappe, Griezmann, and Phil Foden. I was definitely going to spend up twice. And I thought that Foden had a chance to take some set pieces in this spot. But I was just looking at the floors and Mbappe just enjoys such high shot volume in this PSG offense and had better goal odds. And you also kind of convinced me that it might be a fragile spot for Phil Foden, maybe a decent range of outcomes where he gets subbed early and things like that. So I didn't play Foden. I swapped off him late, and he absolutely gives me the blade. But, you know, that can happen. I understand that can happen when I fade someone who's as skilled and on a great spot like Phil Foden. But still, Mbappe did really well. Great spawn did great. Own goal on a direct free kick goal. So what could have been, but it just seems like he's going to be a great DFS slate moving forward. I mean, Atleti seemed like an incredible squad. And then I opted for a more balanced construction. So I some saw people use Chiquese, who was 40% in this double up. I'll highlight a lineup that does that. And that allowed them to maybe get an extra forward, pump up a little bit, a goalie, something like that. But I was talking about on the show yesterday, and I liked Ugrinic as a solid play. He gets a 12-point floor. Huang started without Kanga, and so I thought it was rocket ships for him. And he almost scored. He hit post, and then it dinged like just one degree off. So that really, really stunk to see. And then I just thought I played the best defender plays. I thought three defenders was pretty good in a more balanced build. So I thought Rikas and Ulysses Garcia were the priorities in there. And then I was left with Teo Hernandez at 5,600. So in this type of construction, I was just never really getting to a Chiquese lineup. But if you pull up something that other people did. So if we look at, you know, Pew Pew Pew, I think, um, no, he actually took on a more balanced construction using Elia instead at a forward spot. But I think, yeah, so Fear the Turtle. Um, he did a similar lineup, so spend up twice at forward, but then use the Chiquese spot in order to afford like someone like a Trippier. You could have used Chiquese to afford someone like a Christian Pulisic and pay up a little bit at goalkeeper. So those looked like the decisions, but I don't know, Basil. How do you think I, I played? I think I'd play the same way again. I'm frustrated by the outcome, personally. I think your lineup was very close to where I would want to be. I just in most cases would not play three defenders here because mm-hmm. I liked Chuck Wazy so much. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, you convinced me on the two midfielders in that young boys and uh, red star game, mm-hmm. uh, because they appeared in multiple of my lineups. Uh, you know, when you saw that Kanga wasn't playing, I agree that in bomb was good. Um, Greenwich also seemed good. I, you know, I liked Griezmann. 
you know, Rico Lewis, it is what it is. I still think it was a good pick, but I just don't think I would end up with both Teo and Garcia there. So I think if you shipped Teo to the defender and you just played Chuck Wazy, that would very much look like a lineup I would have. And I think that would also give you enough salary to have played um, Holland over Mbappe if you wanted to go that route as well. So, yeah. you know, the, the lineup would have been very close to that regardless. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think we're pretty aligned on where you ended up, actually. Ah, well, that's comforting to hear. Maybe you're just flattering me, though. No, I'm kidding. Um, it it was just one of those frustrating runouts. I mean, I think if you have Rico and Teo and you spent that kind of salary and a lot of the popular plays just went off, you know, I didn't have Foden. I didn't have Chiquese. I was doing my best to keep up. I think that showed that this lineup had some merit based on floor. But, you know, just not my day in the office, uh, you know, boohoo, I guess. But, you know, I'll come back, Adam. You can take some of my, you know, low rent head to heads if you want to take me on in the lobby tomorrow. And if you think my lineup stunk. But yeah, you know, I could have played Teo at a defender spot and then Ulysses and then improved a goalkeeper or played Haaland. Though I do think, I think Mbappe has a better floor than Haaland in this type of spot. The goal odds were similar enough, but whatever. Yeah. I don't know. Any yeah. last thoughts on uh, reviewing the slate? No, I mean, I think we covered everything. I just think, you know, we just overlooked the upside of Cancelo, even though in hindsight, you know, it's obviously 2020. I still don't think it was correct to play. I, I think it was overpriced compared to Hakimi and uh, Teo, and it is what it is. Yeah, I agree. And that's, I guess, when you have to start factoring in ownership. And that's really hard to do, and you have to have a really good feel for what the field is going to do. So, I don't know. I always find it dangerous to think about these things. But I do agree. He just wasn't a value and that just wasn't the type of decision I was trying to that just wasn't the type of decision we were dialed in on but oh well we'll get him next time maybe we'll give the people another chiquazi as well so let's break let's break it down let's get into this slate that's going to happen on Wednesday it's kind of an interesting slate and there's a huge problem it's that Bayern Munich are massive favorites and have absolutely nothing to play for so who knows who's going to start if Harry Kane starts, does he play more than 50 minutes? You know, he's minus 275 to score, and he could score two goals in the form he's in against Copenhagen at home in those 60 minutes. So I always hate slates like these, but, you know, maybe we can do our best and see get a feel for what the range of outcomes on the Munich players are. But they do have nothing to play for. I think in that group, it's uh, Manchester United on 12 points, Copenhagen on three, and then, no, Copenhagen on four, you're Manchester United on three, and then they have a big game in the noon slate against Galatasaray. How are you feeling about your Manchester United? Do you think they can uh, escape out of this group mess they've made them, they put themselves in? I mean, it, it never feels good, but they keep winning. You know, that's the thing, is if you look at the recent results, they are winning. Uh, the games are ugly, and I'm not happy to watch them. But, yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't feel good about it, but... They should win, so we will well, see. <laughs> they should, although is it a home game or are they going off to Turkey? I actually don't know. I think they played Galatasaray. No, I think like the Galatasaray fans like trashed the stadium or something like that. Yeah, I think they were in – exactly, yeah, yeah. Well, that'll be exciting either way. That doesn't affect how Bayern Munich will approach the game, though. Um, but good luck to your Red Devils. Um <laughs> Then the other big favorite is Arsenal. They're in the lead in their group. They have a four-point lead right now. And with the win over Lon, they will be able to win the group. Um, and they'll probably try to do that at home. They have similar win odds to Bayern Munich. A slightly worse implied goal total, though. 
and slightly better clean sheet odds. So those look like the two dominant matchups. We also see that have started really finding some nice offensive form, and it's a great matchup against Red Bull Salzburg, who haven't really done much so far. Real Madrid have a lot of injuries, and they're hosting Napoli. Real Madrid can seal first place with a win over Napoli, but there's not as much pressure. And then the two other games we have, we have Braga. I think they're fighting for a Europa League spot, or I think they might be fighting for second place. I'll have to double-check the standings. But I think it's an important game for Braga, who are going against last place Union Berlin in their group. Union have been terrible in Bundesliga, conceding a lot of goals. So it might be a nice spot to get some value on these Braga players. And then we have Benfica at home to Inter Milan. Benfica, zero points, four losses in Champions League so far. Inter Milan are a solid outfit. So they're still slight favorites at home, but it's tough to get excited. And Benfica themselves have also been suffering from injuries. So Basil, when you were taking a look at these matches, uh, what were your thoughts initially? Well, you know, of course I was excited about Bayern, but like you said, they don't have anything to play for, which is also a concern. So my initial thought is kind of like we talked about yesterday, players that don't play regularly, I would like to pick if they're playing for Bayern from the start. Mm -hmm. I have serious concerns about paying up for someone like Kane, but then again, even 45 to 60 minutes of Kane could get a goal or two uh, in that matchup. But, you know, the other team does have a lot to play for too. So maybe they'll just play really good defense and, you know, try and squeak out a, a nil-nil draw or something like that. But ultimately I still think Bayern backups should get some goals there if they play. Um, but I would be concerned about regular starters that normally play 90 uh, in that match. And uh, yeah, I have concerns about that that inter match. When I was looking at the the odds, um, I was they weren't exactly as I was expecting. So mm -hmm. I'd be concerned to pick players there because I don't really know what's going on there. Um, Did you expect Inter to be bigger favorites? I expected them to be. Yeah. Oh, well, I expected them to be favorites. Uh, Pinnacle has them as underdogs. I'm not sure if you guys have oh. them as underdogs. Yeah. So sorry. We have. It's about a toss up. So. Inter, they're probably going to be like plus 110 on Pinnacle or something like this, maybe plus 120. Uh, yeah, and they have Inter at plus 192. Oh, oh, geez. Okay, I can't read 50%. No, yeah, because there's a draw, so it's not going to be, it's not going to be plus 120. Yeah, that's kind of interesting. I guess the home matchup is being weighted there. I don't know. Yeah, so I have concerns, but you know, I it, it, teams that I don't know much about that are big favorites that look good, like Real Sociedad, you know, that's looking appealing. I also like Madrid. It seems like they're missing a lot of players. So mm -hmm. I think you can expect more minutes from the players that are playing. Mm -hmm. So those are kind of the spots I'm looking at. And then Arsenal as a big favorite in a game that actually matters, I like. So those are kind of the spots I'd be targeting. So Bayern is the concern. Is like, Of course, they have the easiest matchup, but minutes, minutes concerns and you know, who starts are, are the main issues there. Yeah, that's a huge issue. So if we take a look at the Bayern lineup that Adam is projecting, so typical back line for them, Alfonso Davies and Mizrawi at fullback. Then we have Kimmich and Goretzka, you know, more defensive midfielders. And um, Adam's projecting Serge Gnabry. So he had an injury in October and he's kind of reintegrating the squad. He missed, la he missed a recent match due to illness, but Adam's projecting him to have a start on the left wing. Thomas Muller, 34 years old, attacking midfield role. And then Leroy Sané also starting with Harry Kane leading the line. 
maybe we'll see someone like uh, I'm going to say his name wrong, Matthias Tells, who's a really young talent. He hasn't gotten his first start for Bayern Munich yet. Maybe this is a nice spot at the home at in home in a game that it's okay if it doesn't go so well for him. He's been spectacular as a substitute, five goals and three assists. But Basel, so you're talking about well, if these players don't regularly start for Bayern, I feel good about their minutes. I still don't feel good about their minutes. Gnabry hasn't gone over 70 minutes this season. And Thomas Muller, he's old now, and he barely play, rarely plays over 65. So do you think those guys, do you think maybe, okay, it's different context, so they get a few more minutes? How are you approaching that? Maybe not Muller because of age, but like someone like Gnabry is someone that I feel more confident going longer, uh, especially if someone like Tell, like some of the younger players, are already in the game, if they're mm-hmm. starting with him, right? Um that's how I would look at it. Then that's my concern about like committing to players in this match is until you really see the lineups, I just don't, it, it's hard to piece it together. It's kind of how I felt about Man City in today's slate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You want to see what the bench looks like. You want to have a better feel for the precise formation and that type of thing. So I think those are definitely good points, but yeah, Harry Kane, 11,000, Leroy Sané, 10.1 K you're paying a premium for either of those players. And you can look to a similar arsenal where you got someone like Bukayo Saka, 10.5K. And Gabriel Martinelli, 9.3K at home. That's not a terrible spot. Um, Adam doesn't have Gabriel Jesus, but 8,700 as a forward. You're paying a little bit more than you are for like a Gnabry, but I mean, it's a game that matters. So it kind of sounds appealing in comparison, although scary as it is to fade Bayern Munich players. Right, exactly. This is obviously easier if you're playing something with multiple entries, but something like cash, you know, you're just going to have to make a call there and, and decide, uh, do you value the minutes more or the game that matters more and uh, pick a side? My first impression, Basil, is to value the game that matters a little bit more. And that's uh, that's a scary decision. So maybe we can start getting into forward position and who the top plays look like. But Again, the three most expensive options. If this was a game that mattered for Bayern Munich, we'd be talking about, yeah, we're probably just going to play Kane, Taylor, the field a little bit, and at minus 275. You know, he doesn't have much of a floor, but a goal and a half, that feels like a pretty good spot that you want to bank on, especially home against Copenhagen. Bukayo Saka gets to take half of the corners for Arsenal. Occasionally he takes a penalty, although Arsenal do this whole friendship thing where they just, you know, Give Kai Havertz a penalty so to cheer him up a little bit. So, you know, I wish he had penalties, but he does great all the time. He's one of the best young players in England. So he's a really good floor play at 10.5K. If Harry Kane only scores one goal, I feel like Saka can catch up. But I'd need a real Saka blow up to keep up with Kane, I think. So it's a little bit scary, but it seems cash viable and he'll probably play 90. Then you would have Leroy Sané at 10.1K. He chips in with some corners on, on like one side, I think... Uh, I'm not going to say left or right, but he does take one side of corners, even when Kimmich is on the pitch. You're worried about the minutes, though. So, Basel, if you're playing cash or if you're trying to parse this decision out, would you side with me and maybe consider just taking Saka because you know the game matters and you know the game gets the minutes? And it's also a pretty similar game environment. Yeah, I would be leaning Arsenal over Bayern players, given that they're close in price and you know, they could have somewhat similar outcomes, but, you know, the Arsenal players are slightly cheaper when you compare Kane to Saka and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Sané to any of the other options on Arsenal. Yeah, and it's not like Kane gets substituted too frequently, but they have to take care of his minutes. I mean, I think he's 30 years old as well. I know the Bundesliga has a break, but, I mean, who are they trying to impress? You know, especially when they're second place in the Bundesliga. I think this is something I blurbed in my article draft. It feels like 
Bayern have some more important priorities, at least in the domestic competition. Um, what yeah. other forwards were on your radar that were expensive, whether it be, you know, in cash games or tournaments? I know there's a single entry king of the pitch, so you kind of want to keep, you know, you don't want to go too far off the reservation when you make when you select forwards. But who else was standing out to you? Yeah, I mean, if we're talking expensive, it's kind of the obvious ones, you know, kind mm-hmm. of like we've already mentioned, Kane, Sané, Saka, Martinelli, and uh, Rodrigo is the other one I'd be looking at um for people that are you know over nine but i that may be all of the people over nine so yeah <laughs> um, yeah so yeah i mean that that's the ones that i would be considering uh but i have a feeling i will lean no Bayern. so but you know we, we will see we'll see how i feel by you know tomorrow when the lineups come out and submit for that king of the pitch yeah so it seems, you know, if it's that starting lineup, maybe it goes that direction. But it, there are other spots. I opened up Rodrigo games log and like my my jaw dropped. I mean, look at this ridiculous goal scoring form. He's getting a lot of minutes and the Real Madrid team is really suffering from injuries. If we look at some key players out, I think Vinny Jr. is out with a hamstring injury. Who else is out for them? Um, a lot of their midfielders are out. So not really an ideal spot but yeah i think those were the expensive forwards that stuck out to me i don't know if i would play a rodrigo type in cash but i think if i spend up once in cash games it probably would be for bukayo saka i don't know a lot of these players make a case for themselves and it's champions leagues you're just saying you know rodrigo everyone's going to score pretty well i think rodrigo scores the most you just make that bet and you hope it pays off for you i don't know this is one thing i learned about champions league though i always got all fussy like oh i'm playing rodrigo so i'm fading all the other spots i'm like no, Jack, Arsenal are still going to do pretty well. And, you know, those other teams are still going to do pretty well. You're just betting that the whole cumulative effort is just, you know, you have the 35 points instead of the 28 points at the end of the day. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, you have to decide if you are going to bet on Kane or Sané playing enough minutes. If they are not, then you can move down to Saka and Martinelli. But a decision point does come in where you could say that Rodrigo may be better than Martinelli, given that Martinelli has a chance to get subbed off early and Rodrigo probably doesn't uh, given the injuries at uh, Real Madrid. So I want to check if Hasselu is on the bench. But it also depends who starts with Rodrigo, right? Because Mm -hmm. if you do get, uh, I believe it is um, who there's another player who doesn't normally play there be, who's playing because Vinny is hurt, right? So Raheem I Diaz see, has been getting some action lately. Yeah, so that's someone that could get subbed off for Hasselu. Definitely, think. yeah. Raheem Diaz is a 5,600 midfielder in this spot, but he is definitely going to, yeah, Hasselu would come on for him. So I think that's a really sharp added context here. Probably will feel good about, about Rodrigo's minutes in this spot. And another downgrade to Martinelli potentially is if Trossard starts and plays in this false nine role, because I think Trossard takes corners on the opposite side of Saka. So Martinelli, even if he's in a good spot, when you remove set pieces, it just becomes a bit more of a a volatile asset. You're really more betting on a brace than you are maybe like a 10 point floor and a goal. That's a really interesting shout. Trossard for sure. Uh, I think if the start is there, even if you're projecting 60 to 75 minutes, but could go more based on the recent logs. Mm -hmm. That seems like an auto include, but I believe he's only listed as midfielder in this slate. Midfield only. Yeah. Sometimes these are a bit sticky to update on the cheat sheet, but Trossard is midfield only, unfortunately. 
yeah, I think that's a pretty good breakdown, though, of the more expensive options. Um, what else stands out to you? I mean, maybe it's a slate where you just pay up twice. And you don't really worry about these middling options. But there were some interesting options in the 8K range. I mean, Lautaro, I think I, uh, in week two, threw my laptop out the window. He had like 10 expected goals and uh, 10 fantasy points total. But always an interesting option at 8,000, though, you know, the pinnacle odds aren't looking so good. So that's something that should concern us a little bit. And then there's a couple exciting 6,000 range options. So Angel Di Maria usually plays 80 minutes or more, takes some set pieces. And I think he's taken some penalties. I'd have to double check that. And then you also have, a, I think, I don't want to screw this up, actually. His last name's Horta, but there's two Hortas on Braga, the $6,600 one. Ricardo Horta, who occasionally yeah. chips in with a set piece. But he's like a number 10 player who is pretty active in open play. Both those seem fine as like a second forward in cash if you don't want to spend up or if you just have that sort of money laying around. What stuck out to you in the mid-range that forward, um, Basel? Yeah, the the Braga players, uh, you know, I don't, to be honest, I don't know anything about them. But Horta and Alvaro Jallo look mm-hmm. like they should get some good minutes. And if you look at their logs, I mean, I know it's just from Champions League, but based on their cost, I think look like good value. And, uh, you know, there is this uh, Simon Bonza, who you guys have slated to start, who may get, you know, 45 to 60 minutes for 4,400 for a forward. I'm pretty interested. So uh, there's definitely some options depending on how you construct. If you want to pay up at midfield, Mm -hmm. uh, you could go a little bit cheaper at forward, especially given some of the concerns that we've already mentioned. Yeah, I mean, Jalo, he's 5,700 playing as a forward in a good matchup. And I think Banza, I had him written down as he's taken a penalty, though I would have to double check. Um, you know, no shame in not knowing all of these Portuguese guys, Basel, and how they all play. But um, I do know that Bruma is an interesting kind of winger. Um, I played him for really expensive in a two-game slate, and he absolutely... I think he bailed me out, actually, with two late goals. So he's an exciting player, but when you're priced around the 7K range in a good matchup against a leaky Union Berlin defense, I mean, sign me up. Yep, that's someone I had down as well. It looks like, you know, the point expectation to price is pretty similar mm-hmm. uh, based on value, Bruma versus Horda. So I think that could be one of those decisions that just comes down to how much money you have uh, available there. Yeah, or you flip a coin or something like that. Yeah, that sounds pretty exciting overall. Do any of these other uh, cheaper forwards stand out to you? I think one did for me. Um, or is it two? I know one, Rocco Simic, he's 4,100. I know he plays for Salzburg, but I thought, I don't know, he's a pretty talented young player. When you're 4,100, that's probably a little bit too thin. Anyone else in this like 5,000 and below bin that uh, sounds interesting to you? I only had um, Simon Bonza down there. I think if, if I'm going to play someone in that price range, it'll be him. Oh, I actually had one for you. Um, mm-hmm. He's going to start for Benfica. Casper Tengstedt, he's my favorite new player that I just learned about a uh, half hour ago. But he's 4,300, and he played 80 minutes in, a most, in his most recent start for Benfica. They have a lot of injuries. Can't be so bad for a home center forward. Yeah, I just don't know what to think about that game based on the the odds. I mean, obviously, if Benfica is a favorite now, according to Pinnacle, then, you know, it doesn't seem like a bad pick. But 
I mean, Inter's going to play a back five. They have real defenders. And, well, I don't know how good their defenders are, but they have a real goalie, mm-hmm. and there's still five defenders back there. So mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I respect their defenders. I think Acherby is a really strong defender. And DeVridge, I know he's been rated well, and he's been starting for a while. And Darmian is definitely like a griddle veteran. I mean, Benfica have stunk. Maybe we can just leave it at that. They haven't really troubled anyone. So I think Inter yeah. can definitely handle them. But, uh, you know, at least have to consider a $4,300 forward when you see it. Definitely. I think that's a pretty good breakdown of the forward position. Was there anyone else that you wanted to mention? Nope. Covered. Covered. Nailed it. Crossed that off the list. Moving on. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. All right, Basil. Did we just jam the best player in the world, Jude Bellingham? I'm pretty interested. <laughs> uh, you know, it's. I mean, it's hard to argue. I mean, look at the logs. You know, I'll he's, pull him up. He's just so good. Uh, he's de- incredible. Definitely a player that's high on my list for this slate because the game matters. So. It does matter. I want to pull up exactly. Yeah, Real Madrid. It, it's not the hugest deal. I think a tie is definitely enough for them, but they'll still want to put in a good effort. I don't think these teams want to leave any ambiguity into day six whenever they can. So if there's anything that they can do to improve their situation, that one seed also matters. We've seen a lot of horror show round of 16 performances that come when a team slips down to second place. So they're not going to want, you know, Napoli to, you know, do, pull off a smash and grab. But I just pulled up Jude Bellingham's game logs. And, you know, at 9,600, you're like, oh, he doesn't really take set pieces. But, you know, often getting three or more shots per game. He's one of the main creative thrusts in the attack. He gets fouled quite a lot, which is very helpful. And he's just an active box-to-box midfielder. You're picking up a few points when you're looking at these defensive peripherals. Not something we often think about Basel, but when you're projecting a player out, he's got a grade pretty well from a floor point of view. Yeah. Uh, I mean, in terms of, you know, midfield-only value, you know, I, I, I don't know if there's even any other high priced players there, but, uh, you know, it looks like, yeah, Bryce Mendez and Kimmich. So it's not really comparable in terms of price point, but, mm-hmm. uh, you, I guess you're comparing him to some of the other high price forwards that we mentioned, but I feel a lot more comfortable with 
Bellingham over someone like Kane because of minutes. I just think Bellingham will play and Bellingham scores all the time. So I would personally feel more comfortable there and, and pay down at forward. Yeah, especially when there are more when there are some viable mid-range forward options. There are some intriguing punts. Sometimes if you're trying to decide where to spend up, looking where the punts are best, this is a Ryan Belongi lesson. That often gives you a little bit of a hint where the optimal place might look. But yeah, you're comparing Bellingham to a Leroy Sané. You know, that doesn't sound so unreasonable. Compare him to a Martinelli with no set pieces. I don't know. The case kind of starts to make itself if you start to play all these things out. Yeah, I think that one is clear. I think the the Martinelli-Rodrigo options, I would put Bellingham above. I think, you know, you just, the, the Bayern thing is really throwing everything off. If you think mm-hmm. the minutes are going to be there for those attacking players, then maybe I go that way. Otherwise, I think someone like Bellingham makes more sense. Yeah, I very much agree. Well, if you look at some interesting players who are priced, you know, just, you know, 1500 or 2000 below, I think the names at the top of the list is actually quite a rich midfield position. You have Bryas Mendez. He's taken a couple of penalties for Real Sociedad. I think Oyarzabal, if that's how you say his name, would take them as a priority. But, I mean, that's still nice to know that he has those in his pocket. He splits set pieces with uh, Takifusa Kubo, who's at 7,700. Both are putting up nice floors in Real Sociedad's in awesome form. And there's the question about what do we do with Josh Kimmich? He's not taking monopoly of set pieces anymore. This isn't your same Bayern Munich in the past. So if he's not going to take every set piece and there are some minutes worries, is Kimmich really an auto-click in cash games? Or at 7,800, maybe that risk is mitigated a little bit at his price. Yeah, I think when you have Trossard at 74, if he's starting, I don't see a world where I'm ever putting Kimmich in. Uh, And some of the other options, you know, that are a little bit less than Kimmich, I just think are better options. So that's where I would be looking. I did have a question for you though on Oriasabal. I think in your or in Adam's projections, it looks like he wasn't there. Uh, do you know what the story is there? Is that a, a a guess of rest or is he actually labeled as out? Um. So there is a chance that this is what the lineup was over the weekend, and Adam hasn't had a chance to update. So the slate came out late, and then like the way that the software works out, it like plugs in old lineups, and then it does require some manual inputs in order mm-hmm. to put it back in. So I think he's going to start, and if you see Sadiq, who's in his place, started and played 75 minutes over the weekend. So my guess is that the lineups will be a little bit more sorted out, a little bit more dialed in tomorrow morning if you want to take a look and get prepped. Um, if he's healthy, though, he's in great form. You would expect him to start. But, you know, Adam can chime in and comment on the video or yell at me in the chat if I'm saying something wrong. But, yeah, that's otherwise Ori Asabal, like you said, is, is someone I'd be interested in. I just think he's a, a very good player. So, mm-hmm. you know, good player, good matchup. I'd be happy to play him. And you can play him in a forward spot as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why I just deleted the midfielders there. Yeah, I had the same impression. I was like making a dummy lineup and I'm looking, I'm like, do I really want to play Kimmich over Trossard if Trossard starts in a matchup that matters? It felt a little bit silly, but gives me a little bit more conviction that you kind of think along the similar lines. And what about options like Hakan Chalanoglu and Tony Cruz? I mean, they look pretty good as well. If Cruz starts without Luka Modric, Hakan's been taking most of the set pieces lately. I don't know if you've had time to dig into that situation, but he's consistently taking more than Federico DeMarco. He does take penalties. That stands out to me that Hakan you know, might be a pretty good play in a pretty crowded midfield this week. 
Yeah, I mean, I just I would have concerns at that price point given the odds. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but Tony Cruz, I'm I'm there with you. I, I think Tony Cruz could have a, a big game here. Yeah, sometimes we worry about minutes with Tony Cruz, right? But he's played 90 minutes very consistently. He's kind of being called upon. You know, he's another one of these. You know, it's really tough once you turn 30 and then you start calling 33-year-olds old. I'm like, oh, that's brutal for <laughs> me. But um, I don't know. That's tough. But I guess when Karmavenga is out, when Shuameni is out, he kind of just has to suck it up and, and go for it. Maybe he'll be rested a little bit later. I mean, 90 minutes of Tony Cruz at 6,700 sounds pretty good to me. Yeah, I think given that the game matters and given that all the injuries are there and the recent logs, he's been playing 90 a lot, like you said, I, that feels like either he gets subbed off early because they're winning and hopefully he has contributed mm-hmm. with an assist or two mm-hmm. and you're happy with that either way or just a full 90 minutes of him, I think you'll be happy. So that's the one that's high on my list. All right, that's awesome. I mean, it sounds like it might be a three midfield slate as we keep on talking this out. There were a couple other interesting plays to me. Rodrigo Zalazar takes, he's more of a defensive midfielder, but he takes a lot of set pieces for Braga. That's a name that popped up that seemed interesting. I know I've looked at David Fratesi. He was cheaper on some interleague slates, but he's got a decent floor, so he's worth investigating more, though I don't have much to uh, say about him at the moment. And then, you know, you got like a Henrik Mkhitaryan at 4K, not as into the inter matchup, but when the price is 4K, it's a little bit more palatable. I personally never play Henrik, but it's worth mentioning. Um, do you think you're going to dive into these, uh, you know, Zalazar and below type of options? Anything pop out that looks interesting to you? I don't think so. I think that the cheapest I've been looking at upon a quick scan is Brahim Diaz. Uh, yeah. That's kind of, I think he's at 56. Something like so, that. I don't see myself dipping below that unless it's an unexpected starter who doesn't mm-hmm. normally play that ends up somewhere. But mm-hmm. given the the projected lineups that we have up right now, that's kind of the, the cheapest I see myself going. Yeah. I mean, there's a case that you can make for some of these guys, but you're looking at a lot of underdogs, which isn't so appealing. Like, okay, Luka Suchik, I noticed he took corners over the weekend for RBS, but that's 3,900. That's too much. And when there's so many good midfielders, you don't want to be getting cute. I think if you have to spend 3,500 for a midfielder, I'm kind of questioning how you got to that lineup construction in the first place, because it looks like midfield is the priority to get at least two of these players in. Right. I think there is a random cheaper midfielder for Benfica. I mean, to go to the matchup, you're not as interested in Um, Zhao Neves. I want to look up what his price is. 5,500. He's been splitting some set pieces lately, although I wasn't, I haven't had time to investigate the situation fully. Probably not a priority to play a, in a ho-hum matchup, a $5,500 midfielder, but it's just a name that's out there, especially if Benfica do something weird. It should be on your radar at least, but probably not worth causing too much interference. Yeah, maybe you throw him in some GPP lineups, but not something I'd be looking to play in cash. Yeah. Oh, yeah, probably not in cash. I mean, I'd probably rather play Abraham Diaz, but I mean, talk about your uh, your Jao Neves and Casper uh, Tengstead stacks, your two new favorite players after watching the show. And that, that's only going to cost you 9500 Maybe you can take down a big GPP doing something like that. But um, anyone missing from midfield that we haven't discussed yet? Uh, I, You know, you mentioned Kubo, who, you know, I'm somewhat interested in, but... Mm-hmm. 
little bit expensive, so I'm not sure if I could realistically get there. Mm -hmm. uh, I just I just think a lot of the yeah the the mid price like sub seven thousand players are interesting paired with someone like um, Bellingham is kind of my initial thoughts. Yeah, it sounds like a good way to do some tournament constructions for sure. Um, all right, well let's move into defender and i think on the show yesterday i was talking about this might not be the more exciting this might be the worst of the defending options much less exciting and um maybe you see something that i don't basil but it's a little bit gross to me so we have um high priced sometimes set piece taking wing backs for union berlin but that spot's not really a priority you know trimmel 6600 Yurinovich, he's coming off from injury at 5,900. I don't even know if any, and then uh, Robin Gosen's 5,400. I don't even know if any of them are playing 90 minutes. And as underdogs, I'm not playing an underdog unless I know that they've got a rock solid role and will play, um, you know, that full 90. Maybe an underdog you could consider our favorite non defender who actually plays as an attacking midfielder, Diago Goncalves. He's been priced up by DraftKings. They've been a little bit diligent on the matter at 5,700. I don't really know what I want to do with Kinkalves. I haven't built a lineup out yet. 5,700 might be a little bit too expensive. How are you approaching him? Is that just too rich now? Or maybe he'll play 90 minutes against a rotated Bayern squad and be able to get some floor. Yeah, I, I think that will come down to the players that Bayern put out. Mm -hmm. If it looks like a Bayern B squad, I'm a lot more interested. But if Kane and Sané are out there, very unlikely that I, I look there when you've got serviceable players in the, you know, three to, you know, three and four thousands. I, I just wouldn't want to pay up there. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking at game logs and can call base got 11.1 points against Bayern, but it does really make a difference when you're playing at home in champions league versus making a trip to a uh, Bayern Munich stadium even if the game doesn't necessarily matter as much yeah i mean it's tough for me to ever get excited about someone like zinchenko in dfs who is the most expensive uh, defender i found myself scrolling for quite a while before i found someone i liked yeah uh, zinchenko is you know probably gonna play 90 but might get subbed off early you know it happens but mm -hmm. given that may not go 90 and I just don't think there's enough upside there to pay up when you mm -hmm. have other options that are cheaper, which I guess we could transition into, you know, Masraoui and Alfonso Davies. If they play, they're cheaper. You know, if, if Byron actually puts out a real team, there's no reason those guys couldn't have big games. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I'm not excited about someone like Ben White either, to be honest, just given how Arsenal play, mm -hmm. but I'd be more likely to play Ben White than Zinchenko, I think. Yeah, me too. And you should be careful on this program when you disrespect Ben White because he usually <laughs> puts on his windmill dunk performances after that. I think I famously called him a fake fullback, and he I think he scored two goals in the next five games after that. It can be a bit painful when you're in this seat, but um, I agree with you. I think if I was spending in the mid-range, you know, Alfonso Davies, Mizrawi, I feel a little bit better about their minutes. I mean, it, especially if... Uh, they put out a strong squad. They're probably going to be rotating the attacking midfield players. They're not going to be making it a priority to use their five subs on their defenders. Do you share that's that same I'm impression? Thinking. Yep, exactly. So that's why I feel a little bit better about them. And 
it's easier to take a risk on a cheaper player, right? So it yeah. doesn't hurt as much when your four thousand, five thousand dollar player doesn't go ninety minutes. So yeah, well, it does hurt when they score three points and you jam two of them. Shout out Rico <laughs> Lewis and Teo Hernandez, but <laughs> it's not as hurtful. It's not like you're playing Leroy Sané and you're screaming because. He only has 12 points and gets subbed off at the 60 minute mark. Exactly. But yeah, I had to keep on scrolling and keep on scrolling and keep on scrolling. And um, the first name that stuck out to me, and I think given the context of everything, wanting to spend up Christian Borgia on Braga, he's an attacking player from what I've seen. And he's chipped in with a few set pieces recently as well. I mean, honestly, if you just told me he's a $3,300 attacking-minded fullback without any other context, I'd be like, sign me up in this spot because Braga are favorites. Might be one of the most popular players in the slate. I know Ulysses Garcia was about 70% in cash. I'd expect something similar for Christian Borja, closest thing that seems to me to be a lock on this slate. Yeah, that's that's a player that I have here that I'm looking at. Uh, I actually think there's three players in a similar price range, although Borja is the cheapest. I think Mm -hmm. you've got... Danny Carvajal and Victor mm. Gomez as well at 38 and 37, who mm. are serviceable and uh, very likely go 90. So I think I could see a world where you play them three all together and uh, just play three big dogs, you know, in, in forward and midfield. So I could see constructions like that. Yeah, I've often made fun of Danny Carvajal in this program, but he was like inexplicably priced at like 6,500 a month or two ago. Now at 3,800, give me the Danny Carverhall. I'm one of his biggest fans. That's also a name that stood out to me. I don't know too much about Victor Gomez, though. Um, I guess I was looking at the other flank. What have you been able to dig up on him? You know, I don't know too much either. I know through five games, uh, he has played an average of 78.4 minutes and has an average point output of 7.42 points. So you actually get about uh, 2.3 points per per thousand dollars spent. So it's actually quite a good return. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, you know, I I don't know much about him. I don't know much about how they plays, but that is what the spreadsheet is telling me. (laughs) Shout out the spreadsheet. I think I'm going to need you to go through that analysis one more time, but round to the hundredths place. You know, we need a few more significant (laughs) digits on that. Yeah, I don't think you have to sell me too much. Um, Borja stood out to me because of set pieces, but I think like in today's slate, you know, Taylor Hernandez wasn't good, but David Calabria did well. So stands to reason that one of these players should do well. And like you said, I mean, why not just play both to be completely honest? Yep, definitely could. And, uh, Though, yeah, I, I could. It, it really just depends on which expensive players you want to play for or pay mm-hmm. for, and and how you construct the rest from there. Yeah, I think so. But you know, we're talking through it. There's some cheap forward options that might be suitable for tournaments, but you're probably spending up more in cash. We love these higher priced midfielders, so maybe that. And we don't really like the punts at the midfield position whatsoever. So, you know, as the clouds are parting and we're breaking on the slate, 48 minutes in, I'm definitely seeing the merits to this type of construction. But, you know, got 24 hours to still tinker around. Less, like 18. Um, anyone else stand out to you? I know Amar Didich has been played, but not for RB Salzburg. And he hasn't taken a set piece for a while. So I recommend you not just game log watch and fall for that trap. Um, I mean, 2,700, uh, 
Juan Jesus, he's not really an attacking fullback whatsoever. So I also kind of consider that a trap if he starts for Napoli. It's not a great matchup against Real Madrid, and you are forgoing some pretty strong options in that range. And uh, the last name, I'll actually say someone who might be decent, Kim Min Jae at 3K as a center back. Just too cheap. I mean, why not? Maybe he accidentally scores a goal. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't see myself getting there, uh, given the the other three players we mentioned under 4K. Uh, but, you know, maybe in some, yeah, for, for GPP, you want to put in a, a Sané cross to a, a Kim Min Jae header uh, for correlation. I could see a world where you get there. Why not? And maybe it's good enough if the the cheap fullbacks all score around eight points and Kim and Jay gets, you know, six and a clean sheet. And that's the 300 you needed to go from uh, Horta to your boy Bruma. Then maybe that makes all the difference in the world. Right. Just one name that stuck out. That's just definitely a mid-price, a misprice on DraftKings part. Um, I think that covers Defender, though. You know, it's going to be a punt city. Maybe that gives you some leverage if you want to play one of these expensive options. We ignored Federico DeMarco, who cost 6300 but the set pieces haven't quite been there. I feel fine ignoring him. You know, he plays 70 minutes quite often. Just not super tempted. He can always give you the blade, but you have to spend quite a lot. And I might even if he gets a good return, I might be able to beat you on value and paying up at other spots. Yeah, I have no interest. <laughs> no interest. Oh, I love it. None. Federico DeMarco sucks, quote unquote. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> we won't go with that. All right, let's uh, dig into goalkeeper then. So we don't have a tab for goalkeeper, unfortunately. But Basel, I'll let you take this one away. You like to think about goalkeeper as one of the kind of first stages that you use to help fill out the slate sometime. Um, what goalkeeping matchup seems most interesting to you? I think I'm just going to go with Lunin of Real Madrid. Not really based on the matchup, but just he hasn't played much, and it probably doesn't matter to look at his game logs. But seriously, if you pull them up, I will. Every game is big. <laughs> so, oh, geez. Okay. <laughs> he cares, clearly. <laughs> he cares. Yeah. We have the caring narrative. We tested a lot of your narratives today. We had the backup goalkeeper narrative. That did not work well for the Manchester City part. Um, you know, Ter, Stegen was, Ter Stegen's backup was good enough to get you in that um, to win you the king of the pitch seat. Yeah, these are pretty stellar performances. He was getting a lot of saves. I feel like Kepa often gets a lot of good performances too. So maybe it's just something about how this Real Madrid plays. It's conducive to conceding saves. Yeah, I think it's, you know, they must be sound defensively, but they give up maybe long range shots, which is easier saves for the keepers, something mm -hmm. like that. Uh, I don't watch enough Real to give a good opinion there, but I believe he's the third choice goalkeeper, right? So, you know, yeah. he's going to be playing in front of the, you know, in the big stage, just trying to make a name for himself. So, yeah. And he's not a total scrub. I've seen Lunin's name show up on plenty of slates before, just with, you know, whatever random clown car injuries are happening. I feel like Real Madrid have been pretty unfortunate lately with goalkeeper injuries. So I would say he's definitely comes off to me as a competent backup. I know he starts for the Ukrainian national team too. I hope I'm not wrong with that. So, Putting that all together, I think he's a decent player, so it's not like it's a complete unknown we're plugging in there. So I feel better as far as talking about backup goalkeepers that Lunin can play. And just to go up to this narrative, 
I feel like it's something I've said. I also don't watch a lot of Real Madrid, but some of these players are just known for shooting a lot. Like David Alaba takes direct free kicks when he has the opportunity. They're not necessarily crossing. So those often lead to save opportunities. I know Tony Cruz and Fede Valverde will often test the goalkeeper from range. And then, I mean, Vinny Jr. is just a shoot on sight type of player. Look at all that. Well, I'm talking about the wrong goalkeeper, am I not? <laughs> you should have stopped me. I'm I was just like, I'm not sure if I'm missing something, so I'll just let you continue. <laughs> wow, that was one of the dumbest things I've ever done. I don't think uh, the goalkeeper gets saved if Jude Bellingham decides to go rogue and shoot at it. <laughs> Sometimes it's a little too late on the After Dark show. You can absolutely scrub <laughs> that last minute. But it was a really passionate display of the shooting from distance capabilities of this Real Madrid team. Maybe that means if you need to spend down, we'll get we'll get a take out of it. I'll get my <laughs> soccer writer of the year credentials. Alex Merritt, if you're looking for cheap saves. There you go. That's your boy. You can book it. <laughs> yeah, I would also consider Ramsdale. I mean, it's more expensive than Lunin, but, you know, Ramsdale doesn't get to play anymore. And uh, it's a matchup that matters to Arsenal. All the regular starters should be there. And I, I don't believe in, in their opponents, Lon, very much. So... You know, if you want to pay up, that's where I'd be looking. Did you see this clip with Ramsdale talking about how, like, every 15 minutes he, like, yells at the fans and, like, dances a little bit or something like that because he can't pay attention? No, but <laughs> that's pretty awesome. Just because Arsenal has the ball too much or what? I guess Arsenal have the ball too much, but he was, like, he was talking to some um, Arsenal legends. I can't... Uh... I can't remember what their names are, but he's like, yeah, you know, sometimes I just can't like sit there. So, you know, I'll like yap at the opposing fans or I'll just like dance for a little bit. And then I'm ready to go for 15 more minutes. And like, man, it sounds like this guy is like an undiagnosed, like ADHD on that sort of spectrum. So that wasn't the most uh, necessarily inspiring thing. I've heard a goalkeeper saying like, oh, I can't focus for more than 15 minutes at a time. But um that's probably just narrative. I mean, go ahead. Lon Stink, and it's a good home spot for Arsenal. I will personally never tout the Arsenal goalkeeper, though. So if you want to spend down, I plan on highlighting Bryce Samba in my column and praying he gets saved if you need to spend in that range. Yeah, I think I think Lon won the reverse fixture, right? They so. did. At home, but... Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that's way too much discussion on goalkeeper, and really I fumbled quite a lot there, so I won't waste any more of your fo of your folks' time. Um, Basil, this was another fantastic show. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for you know spot starting for Ryan Belongi. You came in here, and you care. You put in a great shift. You put in your full 90 minutes. Definitely worthy um, tout DFS play. So thank you so much for joining us. Do you have anything for the people before we sign off. Uh, less confident in my my predictions today than I was yesterday. Just didn't have as, as much time to, to think about it. So, you know, take the advice with some caution, but uh, looking forward to a single entry king of the pitch tomorrow and uh, hopefully take that one down. Yeah, those are your bread and butter. You've won them all. But, um, you know, I'm feeling super confident in my takes. You should just tail me with complete confidence. Jude Bellingham shoots a lot, so that's good for Andre Lunin's save. So take that to the bank, Lunin Lock. All right, everybody, thanks for joining us. Good luck tomorrow. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. 
Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.